Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener. You'll have ad-free episodes and join us on our monthly Zoom calls with other podcast listeners and get to know the community at wearelatech.love, linked in the show notes. What we're really seeing is how can we create a space where you come to actually be a nice person and talk right. to people and hear them out. We're not all going to agree. Right. And that's okay. that's okay. But we need to respect each other because we're all here. I'm Alex Bloomberg, host of the podcast Startup, and you're listening to We Are LA Tech. My name is Esprit Devora, born and raised LA, and I created We Are LA Tech in 2012 to unify the community. Podcast launched in 2014, continuing to help people find the best talent, to connect with each other, to form awesome relationships. So proud of this show. Enjoy. Today's We Are LA Tech community shout out goes to Rose. Mina. Rose is amazing. She redesigned the We Are LA Tech headquarters. She literally, I asked her to design any room that I want to create the most energetic, vibrant, abundant space in. She's an amazing designer, an incredible actress, supportive of the LA Tech community. And I'm just grateful to have her in my life and part of the We Are LA Tech ecosystem. Be sure to say hello to Rose on Instagram by going to R-O-S-E-M-I-N-A-A-A. That's R-O-S-E-M-I-N-A-A-A on Instagram and tell her you found her via We Are LA Tech. Join thousands of people in LA Tech on our We Are LA Tech Facebook group where you can discover events, job opportunities, and even housing. Go to wearelatech.com slash community. We'll take you straight there. That's wearelatech.com slash community. Command Line Heroes is an original, highly produced, award-winning podcast about the people who transform technology from the command line up, presented by Red Hat. And this is not a technical show. This is a show anyone can enjoy, featuring experts from across the industry. Season four is airing now, so subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and stick around to the end of the show to hear a sneak preview of the brand new season. So I have something super vulnerable to share with you. I applied for two accelerators for my company and got denied from both of them. Huge fat rejection. I was super upset for a moment, like just feeling the rejection. And then I remembered what I learned from Laura when I interviewed her in Kazakhstan. And it was pronoia, that everything is happening in my favor, that everything is happening for a positive um, in my favor. It's the opposite of paranoia. I've talked about it in a spot before where there's a good reason that this happened. And so right away I was like, pronoia, I don't know why this is happening, but it's happening to benefit me and just keep on keeping on. And so um, I know that so many of us apply to things <laughs> and get rejected and it feels awful. Um it feels awful. It felt feels like, man, I'm working so hard. Why am I not getting recognized? I need support to make this happen. I have good intention behind it. I've put 
um, a lot of my own resource into this. Why, why won't someone, you know, help me? Um, and all these kind of like, like, why me kind of vibes and statements, which aren't positive. They're very victim-y. And I don't feel like a victim and I'm not intending to be a victim. And that's why, like, I really just appreciate this word pronoia because it feels like it gives me back the control over my own life. And it also makes things not as bad as they may feel because it's all about perspective, right? And so all I know, what I've learned from being an entrepreneur for so long now is two things. One, processes, processes, processes. With the right processes, that is way more important than any outside funding because you'll lose the funding in two seconds if you don't have the right processes in place. And so developing really strong processes leads to being a stronger team. It leads to better deliverables. It leads to more results. It, it offers clarity, creates peace of mind. It saves times, processes, processes, processes left and right. And I've learned that you need to understand your market and how they value you and your offering and that what you have to offer um, can financially be feasible with how much they're willing to pay for it to make a profit. And then you just got to do the hard work, the, the process to do the outreach to make the numbers work. And if people aren't, you know, buying your thing or buying my thing, you know, then um, it just means it's not the right fit and, and you try your next test and that there is no, because there's just, we get so many opinions, right? So many opinions left and right of like, what's right? What's wrong? Uh, how we should do things in life and in business. And the truth is, we need to find what's right for us. I need to find what's right for me. Forget the us and you, it's me, right? I need to find what's right for me. And and then I need to do like a massive amount of experiments to find out what really works and what doesn't work. And then after those experiments, give me the answers then I'll know what to build more upon and scale upon. But like, there is no magical crystal ball or treasure map. I mean, when I first became an entrepreneur, I thought Tim Ferriss had that treasure map, man. With his four-hour work week, I was like, if I read this and I highlight this all over the place and I take crazy amount of notes and I just follow this exactly and I read every Richard Branson book and do exactly as he did, I'll end up just like them. No, because I'm me and I have my own set of experiences and, um, and I have my own thing to offer the world and to give to others. And I have to create my own journey. And sometimes that journey for me, a lot of times has been really uncomfortable. It's frustrating not knowing what's next. It's frustrating when things don't work out. It's frustrating when I feel like, oh, I just keep making the wrong decision over and over again. So I start to not trust myself. It's all frustrating. But at the same time, it's all about perspective, right? And the more I adopt empowering perspectives and teach myself empowering perspectives so they become more like a mental habit than than this thing that I'm striving to attain the more um support for myself I have like the more I'll enable myself to support myself more because sometimes like I feel like I'm my worst critic my worst enemy um my worst competitor is myself 
and I need to overcome myself to get to where I want to go. And the best way is to just have processes in place and do an insane amount of experiments and discover what works. And then that will give me the answers I need and the confidence to build on top of. Anyway, my little rant for the day. I hope you're having a great morning, day, night, wherever you may be, whether you're on the treadmill doing the dishes or just on your way walking to your next appointment. I just so appreciate that you're taking the time to listen to this podcast, and I value. Remember to say hello on social. I look at everybody's remarks, and I'll talk to you in the next one. Bye. I literally just waved at you as though you could see me. (laughs) Bye. Welcome back to the We Are LA Tech podcast, spotlighting LA tech companies and talent so you can quickly immerse yourself into the startup culture here. My name is Rachel Espiritu, Community Director with Toolbox LA, and I'm your guest host on today's episode. Toolbox LA is Southern California's largest innovation lab, and I'm so excited to feature our guest, Mika, someone who is the founder of Two Swim. Mm-hmm. Amazing. So excited to hear about that. Welcome to the show. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself and what yeah. you do. So my name is Mika Lejean. I am CEO and co-founder of Two Swim, and we are a social messaging company focused on close connections and private communities. Mm. Yeah. Mm, what so, does that mean? Yeah. What does that mean? <laughs> uh, so for us, it's really thinking about how do we create better digital spaces for communities. Mm. Um, we think that social platforms can be a tool and need to be focused less on the media and more on the social. Mm. Yeah. Right. So not about the gram and the image. And more exactly. About the more about the connection and the conversation. And we, the way the platform works right now is it's invite only for community partners. So we um, are working with communities that are centered around POC, LGBTQ plus and women centric communities mm. and allies, of course. So mm-hmm. finding ways for them to have better conversations online. Mm. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That's great. And so how are you, um, I guess, finding some community members? Yeah. So it's been really interesting and exciting. My background's actually not in tech, it's in education. Awesome. Um, and so I've been working in education, community organizing, and marketing, not simultaneously for the most part, um, for the last almost a decade. Um, And my work has really enabled me to navigate really different spaces Mm. and meet folks who are artists, who are community organizers, and be able to find ways for them to come together. Mm -hmm. Um, And so for us, it's been really awesome. We relocated here in July from New York. And so a lot of our first partners, we have about 20 partners onboarding in the first month, um, the coming month, I should say, and they're going to be mostly New York, LA, and then a few scattered across the country. Okay, cool. So where about in LA are you based? Yeah, I'm in Hollywood. Awesome. Yeah, like proper. Proper Hollywood? two seconds from the boulevard. Oh, right, yeah. where all the action is. It sure <laughs> is full. It's yeah. basically I left New York and moved to Times Square, which was <laughs> not the attention. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, Hollywood Boulevard is kind of like that. It completely, it's really Times Square. Luckily, we're, our street's very quiet, and we moved there because it's close to Runyon Canyon. I love oh, nice. hiking, and I do, um, I've been organizing like hiking groups of women entrepreneurs, so oh, awesome. yeah, it's been really Can awkward. I get an invite? Please, I'd okay. love, love for you to come. Yeah, that'd be great. Awesome, yeah. very cool. And so are you from New York originally? No, I'm from Toronto, Canada. From Toronto. Yeah, yeah. So I was in New York three and a half years, twenty since twenty sixteen. Okay, yeah. awesome, cool. And what brought you to LA? Well, a two swim. Yeah, yeah. So my co-founder and I, we've been iterating in the space for about a year now. Mm-hmm. Um, in the spring, I decided to quit my full time job as director of education for an arts nonprofit and mm-hmm. move across the country to a place I'd never been before. Wow, I'd never been to LA. Wow. Um, and we were just like this. I mean, cost of living is like 
way less expensive than New York, relatively. Mm. Um, And quality of life is just so different here. Mm. Um, The tech ecosystem is so different here. Mm. It's I love a lot of folks in New York, and that ecosystem is really great, but LA is just like a different energy. Mm. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, we're all about the vibes here. Exactly. And I think, too, for us, it's like we're working on a community product, and I Mm -hmm. think that while New York obviously has many communities. New York Mm -hmm. is so much bustle that people don't really get a chance, I think, in many ways to settle. Mm. Whereas in LA, I feel like people just like naturally form communities because everything's so far away. Yeah, you kind of have to. Exactly, if you don't want to be lonely. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, there's different, I'd say, within the greater Los Angeles area, there's so many different pockets and tribes, as you will. Exactly. Yeah, and it's been really exciting, too, for us because with Two Swim, we're really trying to figure out ways where we see it as being people come to Two Swim to not only just be part of a specific group, but also just be part of the Two Swim community community more generally. And so for us, it's like, how do we be the Vescapiscus, which is like the overlap of a Venn diagram? Like, how do we be that oh, like yeah. that sweet spot between right. all of the groups? Yes. 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 Awesome. Yeah. And so it's a mobile app. Right? It is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So iOS only right now, um, but we'll have an Android app soon. Um, inclusivity obviously is a, yeah, a key thing of, of what we're building. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And so are you self-funded, VC-backed? Fully or? bootstrapped for the last year. Rad. Yeah. My uh, my co-founder has been full-time since we started, and then I just went full-time in the summer. Wow, that's exciting. Yeah. It's like it leap is of faith, right? Bootstrapped. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's been great. Yeah, that's exciting. And so you mentioned you and your co-founder. Is mm-hmm. anyone else on the team? Yeah, or? so it's my co-founder, Michael, um, who's my partner in life and work. Mm-hmm. And then we have two advisors who work with us. Both of them are brilliant. One specifically more on partnerships and community building. The other mm-hmm. one more on just um, both the business side, but also thinking around marketing and, and bringing on more communities. And then we have two brilliant interns who I awesome. adore. Yeah. yeah. What is life without interns? I mean, they, Sanaya and Lucille are like the, the best parts of work. They oh. just, they're so wonderful. Shout out to, what's it? Sanaya, Sanaya and Lucille. Yes. You Every day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So cool. And so how did you scale? Like what's been the journey? Yeah, it's been really exciting for us. So Michael and I, as I mentioned, we started about over a year ago now iterating in the space. He quit his full-time job. He was working in fashion as creative director for almost a decade, over a decade um, in fashion and music, left his role. So like the height of Bitcoin Mm. when tech really for us became more of a We've obviously been using social platforms and using right. things for a really yeah. long time, but it was more of a, huh, maybe this is actually the thing we should be doing now. Yeah. Um, and Michael decided to teach himself to code. He's like, if, wow. if I'm going to be into, te- into Bitcoin and into tech and like thinking about this, might as well like understand how to speak the language. Yeah. Um, and we'd been thinking about social products for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, he, Michael's also an artist, as am I. I'm a writer. And so we've been thinking about like what would be the next best mm-hmm. tool for all of us. Sure. Um, and so when he quit his job, taught himself to code. We built an app last year, or he built an app last year that we launched and ran beta through the spring. And so for us, really building Two Swim came from a lot of the learnings from that and who our core user was and what they actually needed and wanted mm-hmm. in a social platform. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in the summer when we moved here, we were like, okay, let's make Two Swim. Yeah. And so just getting new partners, it's been really exciting how enthusiastic everyone is like Mm -hmm. the outreach process has been so simple just like messaging people and be like hey we're launching this new social product would love to talk to you about it Mm -hmm. and that not a single person every single person has signed on after the first call really yeah that's exciting it's wild yeah so what about the name where's the name yeah Yeah. (laughs) well so for michael and i really thinking about how conversations come to be like we're all drops in an ocean of conversation right Mm, yeah and really thinking about how do we see this ebb and flow of conversation of exchange of thoughts and ideas and we 
with that, just like really love this idea around like water references and being mm-hmm. able to reference that within all the products. So the app is to swim. Our holding is island. Mm-hmm. The when you drop into the the app, you're in the current, which is oh, like the fees. It's it, yeah. it consistent throughout. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, yeah. And also too, I would say like water can also be symbolic for emotion. A hundred percent. Yeah. Right. And just I feel like right now in sort of the climate that we're in, there's a lot of emotions and like you said how do we navigate these different currents exactly you know is it a stream is it a tidal wave is it a tsunami (laughs) hopefully not a tsunami (laughs) i mean yeah and total and the thing for us too is thinking about like water is also a form of nourishment it's how it's literally most of our it's everything in our life right um it's an integral part of our life so yeah yeah yeah, very cool. And so what inspired this company? I feel like we talked a little bit about it, but I would love to more. Yeah, more. for sure. Yeah. Um, so for us, it's been multiple pieces. As I mentioned, like Michael and I have been talking about this for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and for many, for like the first maybe three, four years that we've been talking about it, we were like, okay, how do we actually make this thing? He mm-hmm. didn't know how to code yet. And once he did, and considering at the same time, simultaneously, I was also um, directing the education department at this organization. So I was working with young people, 14 to like early 20s, mm-hmm. around how the arts could be tools for like social change and actual communication. Right. And so for us, it was this sort of perfect moment where like all these things were aligning. I was mm-hmm. finishing up school at the same time. I was working in this organization. Michael was coding and building this app. And we're like, mm-hmm. okay, we know who these people are. We know what they really need and want. Yeah. And I mean, the communities that we're working with are actually like three quarters of the population, if you really think right. about like on an international <laughs> scale. Yeah. Um, so for us, it was really like, these are folks that we understand and can work with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's really, that's awesome. And so I think you had mentioned it earlier, but like why LA and not like San Francisco? Oh my gosh. So many reasons. <laughs> um, I mean, how do I diplomatically. I think the thing about LA that makes it really different from San Francisco, well, first of all, I had never been to either. So it was kind of just, which one do we think we would like more? Um, I went to San Francisco in October for the first time and Mm -hmm. I really liked it. I really liked the people that I went and hung out with. Mm -hmm. Um, But I mean, there's good people everywhere, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that LA has something dynamic about it because LA is thought of as being this, it's very much thought of traditionally as a media and entertainment town, but it is so much more than that. And it's so much more richness to the culture here, both Mm -hmm. in the tech world, but also just generally. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's something that's not definitely not replicated in San Francisco as much anymore. Mm -hmm. I think also just the lack, um, the lack of support around uh, like artists in mm. San Francisco is mm-hmm. pro- seems to be fairly non-existent, especially compared to LA. Sure. Um, and for me, it's really exciting to think about the dynamic people that are in LA. We mm-hmm. had our launch event last week um, at Spring Place. Thanks, Spring Place. And uh, we had the most wonderful group of people. The youngest person was 15. The oldest was probably in their 50s. Um, trying to get some a little more elders, but next time. Yeah. Um, and the group was all demographics versus like race, age, background. We had investors, artists, we had musicians, we had actors, we had people just like in business, Mm -hmm. people who worked in retail and fashion. It was just like a dynamic, really Mm. great group. And for me, I don't think that would have happened in San Francisco. Mm. Yeah, Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you have people from all different kinds of backgrounds and when they come together, I mean, what were some of the conversations like? Yeah. So the conversation itself was an event around, so the title of it was the future of social defining community Mm. and really thinking about how do we understand we being like LA folks of LA, like how do we understand online and offline social spaces and how social platforms can be tools for that. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on this too, as someone who does community management for us, it's really thinking, how do we use social, not just as the place we 
go to, but a place that we actually leverage to have better conversations. And also on our side as a, as a, a company, as we're providing this tool, how do we actually make it valuable for the user? Because really the social platform value comes from the, what the people get, not from what we give it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for us, it was a really great conversation. Um, so Julie Young, who runs Women in Air, uh, VR Air, which is one of the largest women um, and allies in that industry mm. on, on Facebook. I think it's like 11,000 people. Oh, wow. Um, it's a Facebook group? It's a Facebook group, yeah. And uh, she's one of the founders of it. Uh, Sarah Kim, who founded By Way of Us, and then Darian Harvin, who's a beauty reporter, talking about uh, community across their various industries. Mm-hmm. And so we had that as sort of like a teaser conversation panel. Mm-hmm. And then everyone broke out into breakout groups. So 65 people who'd never met before broke out into these small groups talking about how they navigate social spaces, mm-hmm. both online, offline, and how they can be more meaningful meaningful for them. Mm-hmm. And for us, it was just brilliant to see that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of folks, I had asked people after, I was like, what did you expect when you came? And yeah. they were like, a panel? Like, yeah. I had no idea I was going to end up talking like to people. Engaging. Yeah, yeah, the panels are supposed to be, the breakout was supposed to be 45 minutes. It ended up being almost two hours. Oh, wow. People didn't leave. They were yeah. just like, we're never, we're not going home. <laughs> it was hilarious. It's wonderful because we're going to be hosting, um, we're hosting them quarterly. So there'll be another yeah. one in March as well. That's awesome. Yeah. I love the idea of actually like bringing people together to have these conversations because you see so often like on social, it can be so fragmented, mm-hmm. right? Or that we do have communities, but it's almost like an echo chamber. Absolutely. Right. So is that what you're looking to kind of bridge the gap and yeah. kind of bring these conversations together? Absolutely. And a lot of our groups, about probably two thirds of them do meet in a physical space at some point or another, whether it's monthly or quarterly. Mm-hmm. Um, but not everyone can always be present physically and right. and that's fine. And so for us, it's really thinking about how can two swim be that sort of third, maybe fourth place mm-hmm. for them where it's not just home and with the group, but also a place in between. Right. Yeah. And so what would you say about for sometimes when there's, you know, when you're kind of anonymous mm-hmm. and you can leave those kind of trolling comments, right? And yeah. That. And so how do you navigate that? I guess, yeah. you know, as far as like having these honest kind of conversations, but in terms of keeping people, I guess, accountable. Stick around. We'll be right back after the break. The best business resource I have is my mentor's private Facebook group. I've never found a community that cares more about one another's success. It inspired me to create the same thing for podcasters. If you're a tech company or startup looking to grow your podcast audience, I created getpodcastlisteners.com, a private group specifically to discover how other podcasters have grown their audiences. So we could do the same. Check out getpodcastlisteners.com. That's getpodcastlisteners.com. How do you navigate that? I guess, you know, as far as like having these honest kind of conversations, but in terms of keeping people, I guess, accountable. Totally. I mean, one thing that helps with that is it's invite only. So mm. you can only come if one a partner gives you an invitation. Yeah. And in order to actually join a group, you either need to have been invited to that group mm-hmm. or you have to request access. Mm. And so there's already a filter in there of if you come to this group, mm-hmm. the group is expecting you to act in a specific way. We have mm-hmm. community guidelines across the whole platform, right. but each group also sets its own. Mm-hmm. So it's not just complying to like, the rules and the expectations everywhere. But it's Mm -hmm. also if you come to X community, X community speaks in this way. And if you Mm -hmm. don't agree to speak in that way, then Then, please don't be in this community. Yeah. Yeah. And really just thinking about it more about as a community center than a town square. I think Mm -hmm. that that's a big thing about social is we, 
I mean, if you went to, I don't know, New York City and you were in Union Square and you were just yelling in the park, right? people wouldn't really say much, but like it's overwhelming to have a lot of people yelling at a park. Right. In a community center, if you walk into a community center and start yelling, people are going to ask you to exit the premises or, or quiet down and be right. respectful of the other people and have a conversation. Right. And so for us, it's really reframing that. I love that. Yeah. That's a great way to put it because cool. I have a visual like picture of someone actually going into, you know, Times Square and yelling, right? Yeah. And you're just like, hey, what's wrong with you? Yeah, it's like, please right? don't. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we seem to do that online all the time. Just so naturally. it's We have these ingrained habits, right? right. We just naturally behave in certain ways. Mm-hmm. And so what we're really seeing is how can we create two some to be a space where you come to actually be a nice person and talk right. to people and hear them out. You're not going to agree with, like, we're not all going to agree. Right. And that's okay. That's okay. But we just need to respect each other because we're all here. That's awesome. Yeah. I love it. And so how has LA helped accelerate your company growth? Oh my gosh. In so many ways. I think I've been so happily surprised isn't the word because I came here hoping for it, mm-hmm. but the amount of just generosity that um, I have felt and hopefully we've been reciprocating has just been so wonderful. The number of, I have just, I, I'm a big fan of cold outreach. So mm-hmm. I have no problems just emailing strangers. Yeah. Like, I think you're really cool. Let's yeah. be friends. Yeah. And everyone's replied to me. Like yeah. I've made so many, met so many wonderful people here because of it. Um, the tech world here is so open. I've been to so many great meetups and events and mm-hmm. listened to this podcast before we moved here. And I was like, yeah. I know all these people. I'm so excited. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's been really, really helpful for me to be here because it's just, it's really new, a new place to be. Awesome. So yeah. what resources in LA do you recommend? Or you mentioned a few meetups. Or- yeah. So, well, this podcast that you're listening to is great. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also, uh, Pre-Cellerator on Santa, Santa Monica has a really great um, like Meet the VC event that they do once a month. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure the date, but you can Google it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think what else, top of mind. There's a couple great just organizations who do programs. Obviously, Startup Grind mm-hmm. um, has been really great. And we've also just, as I mentioned, that the hiking club. So we, mm, it's just yeah. a bunch of women who are entrepreneurs who I've been meeting randomly. We just yeah. started hiking together. Yeah. Um, and we're also, I'm really hoping that our meetups and our gatherings that we're doing mm-hmm. quarterly become a, a place for folks to meet who might not feel necessarily sure if they should go to another one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Um, and so just say if I wanted to join the hiking group or yes. if I wanted to be invited, yeah. how would one go about like either requesting an invite or being you know, included. Yeah. So more in hiking club or also just hanging out. Mm-hmm. Um, I can be emailed, which mm-hmm. is Mika at I I S S L L A A N N D D dot com. Um, I'm also t- a p- still existing on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah. So just Mika Lejean. Yeah. People can find me and ask me and we can hang out. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, we're not done yet. Okay. So. <laughs> uh, and okay. So what other like LA tech companies or mm-hmm. talent or anything that you've come across lately that has impressed you? Yeah. Okay. Um, can I not limit it to tech? Yeah, can I yeah. just say people who people, are cool and doing totally. startup stuff? Okay. Um, so Alameda Aloe, who's brilliant, um, is working on a company called Topical. So they're working to this, how do they describe it? This is not your grandma's ointment. Mm. So it's for folks who have like hyperpigmentation, eczema, chronic skincare issues, mm-hmm. really great um, skincare products. Um, Britt Chavez of Shop Latinx, mm-hmm. which is a curated marketplace of Latinx um, products made by Latinx makers. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not the founder of any of these, so these are not my, I'm pitching yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Um, who else is working on some really great stuff? Um, Go, the team at GoGoPix is great. Yeah. Yeah. There's like some really awesome folks doing stuff here, which is really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. It's exciting because I feel like tech can be integrated in all of these Mm because 
you know, there's even with something like uh, an ointment or a skincare product, there's still like an e-commerce platform. To uh, it, right? Exactly. Yeah. There's they have still- a full content. They have, a, uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but there's like a cool <laughs> online something happening soon. Yeah. It's going to be great. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. That's awesome. And so do you have any like favorite tech tools or mm. apps, software, Slack, Evernote, things uh, like that? Well, to swim yeah. is how <laughs> all of my friends and our interns and my our team communicate. So mm-hmm. we don't do text messaging anymore. We it's only communicate to two swim. Um, I'm actually going to be not deleting because I still want people to like know where I am, but I'm going to be mm-hmm. stopping using Twitter soon mm. as well. Cause I don't, Why is that? we have two swim. We don't need Twitter. Right. I don't, I get no value from Twitter anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It's just stress, stress or news. Or, yeah. Like yeah. bubbles. And I don't mm-hmm. need that. Yeah. Um, so I'll be leaving to Twitter soon. Um, but yeah, two swim, obviously. And notion. I'm a huge, have you used notion? You know, I've heard of it. It's like a project management tool. Like it's Asana, everything kind of? you need in life. <laughs> it's beyond just project management. It's also, I use it as, database t- t- for my life. So I like do all my goal tracking. Wow. I have a CRM in it. Mm-hmm. I have like my life mission statement, yeah. like a whole bunch of things. It's great. Wow. Okay. No, yeah. You know, it's funny. I actually just discovered it the other day and mm-hmm. I was like looking through it and I was like, whoa, yeah, it's like a lot in it too, but yeah. that's kind of the point that it's it can be everything you need. My website is a notion really? website. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so it's, it's really cool. Highly recommend. <laughs> yeah. <notes>. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, and if you had one ask of the community, what mm-hmm. would it be? Hmm. Great question. Um, I would ask that people, if anyone listening has a friend or is someone who runs a community that's centered around people of color, queer folks or women, or just wants to like learn more about what we're doing to reach out, I'd love to talk to them. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And so how can people connect with you? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, email, which is my name at, and then I won't spell it again, but yeah. island, <laughs> but all double letters. So I, I, S, S, et cetera, dot com island, like in the ocean. Um, or on Instagram, I will still keep my Instagram. So it's mm-hmm. at Mika Lejean. So how do you spell that? M-I-C-A-L-E-J-O-H-N. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. This is Rachel with Toolbox LA and unifying the LA tech ecosystem based in Santa Monica. And you're listening to We Are LA Tech. I'd like to tell you about an all new season of Command Line Heroes, a podcast presented by Red Hat. No one ever said hardware was easy. In Season 4, Command Line Heroes is telling seven special stories about people and teams who dared to change the rules of hardware and, in the process, changed how we all interact with technology. In the world of modern technology, we open our laptops, scroll endlessly on our smartphones, send tons of data to the cloud, and we don't think twice about it. But have you ever wondered how we got to now with our personal devices? And what it took to get here? There was this blue box on a table. And he said, well, here it is. I said, well, what is it? He said, it's a microcomputer. What it took were teams of engineers and programmers who had the vision and audacity to build new machines. These machines, they revolutionized our lives and blew the doors open to what was possible. How many people here had a computer versus how many people intended to get one? Only one or two people actually had them. And they would bring them to the club meeting. What are you going to do with it? And nobody had an answer. The key thing about timesharing was that the computer needed some way of being able to sort of stop its own clock. The uh, creators of the floppy drives are not household names by any means. If it wasn't for that, PCs would have been adopted much more slowly. 
This January 28th, we launched season four of Command Line Heroes, an original podcast from Red Hat. And this season, it's all about the hardware. We'll hear the stories behind some iconic machines and the people who dared to create them. I was the kid that always took things apart, took my older sister's toys apart. This is just another bag on the side of the eclipse, a skin job. Nope, this is a whole new machine. The process of passing the tapes around and encouraging and building upon each other's results is really what made the personal computer industry. We're exploring mini computers, mainframes, the first personal computers, floppies, early smartphones, and game consoles. And we're also going to hear how the community ethos that drove those early hardware heroes to build those machines still exists today in the open source hardware movement. The values of sharing are still there. I mean, it's in the entire open source community. The machine, in a way, was kind of a bit character. It was the people who were the real guts of what it was about. I'm Saranya Barak. Join me for an incredible new season of the podcast and keep on coding. So thank you and uh, eat your sandwiches. Season four is airing now. Subscribe to Command Line Heroes today, wherever you get your podcasts. The We Are LA Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Adam Carroll. Show notes by Carl Marty. Music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The We Are LA Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener at wearelatech.love. Linked in the show notes.